welcome to Pharmacy View podcast, where we provide regular interviews with pharmacists and key industry people within Australian pharmacy and associated industry. In this stream of podcast episodes, we discuss aspects of pharmacy career, resources and training, and how each area interacts with guest current role or pharmacy-related business. I'm your host, Kavita Nadan, pharmacist founder from Locomate, and my guest today is proudly brought to you by Shopfront Solutions. For all of your shelf and digital marketing needs, part of the Arion Technologies Group. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Careers Resource and Training Series on Pharmacy View Podcast. Today, I have a very special guest and somebody I've been meaning to reach out to and have a chat for quite a while now. I think we are linked in connections and we've been following each other's journey. Um, and it's none other than founder of Turn Pharmacy Leadership, um, leadership and business coach, emotional intelligence practitioner, and a very successful pharmacist and pharmacist in charge, Chantal Turner. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me here, Karina. That is a pretty impressive introduction. Thank you very much. <laughs> You're very welcome. I still feel like there was more I could have added to that. But at the same time, for those of you who probably don't know you or have heard of you but want to know more, who is Chantal Turner? That is a fantastic question. So I am first and foremost a pharmacist and also a pharmacist leadership coach. I help people through my business now, pharmacists and key personnel, uh, predominantly in community pharmacy, but also in the other varied and many spheres of pharmacy as well, help to grow their leadership skills to become confident, positive, resilient leaders for themselves yeah. and others as well. And the reason why I do this is because I believe this is the foundation of success for individuals, for workplaces and communities. So it's about creating those positive ripples throughout our society, um, insular in a way with uh, within pharmacy and also more broadly across um, the nation as well. Amazing. Um, I think this is, you know, something that pharmacy has needed for a very long time, but even more so now as we move into this new phase of what pharmacy can can look like and now and into the future. So just to touch on, you know, obviously you've had experience as a, as a pharmacist in charge of managing pharmacies and um, teams. What life or personal events do you think encourage you to, to go and develop these skills and, and then pursue um, leadership and mentorship and, and coaching? Yeah, it's a great question. I Taking a step further back from that, the value of what leadership skills can bring is something that maybe I didn't have the language for right from the get-go, but I intrinsically understood, and I think I got it from quite a, a young age uh, as well. Um, Moving into my pharmacy career, though, I became a qualified pharmacist, finished my intern year when I was barely 21 years of age. So mm. I was really young and very young. I wanted to practice um, to the best of my ability, but that was really hamstrung in many ways by my ability to gain trust 
from the team that I had been landed into. And they were lovely people, but, you know, there's always that transition period. And also from the community as well. I'd walk out and they're like, can I see the pharmacist? Yeah, that's me. And they go, oh, not quite expecting. So (laughs) I needed to find ways pretty quickly to be able to positively influence uh, the situation so that I could build trust and gain respect. And I found that through leadership skills and being able to more effectively communicate was definitely one of those things. Moving forward, though, I think the real realization came when I got a pharmacy manager's job when the team was, it was a great store and the store was functioning really well in the sense of profitability and workflows, but there was something missing. And what it was, was there was a level of disengagement. People were spending time in the store, but they weren't invested in the store. And so what that meant was that change was really hard to come by. It didn't stick. Everyone was out for themselves. There was quite silos of information between the dispensary and the pharmacy assistants um, or the, you know, the back counter, front shop. And what that was, was really draining. And so everything that I'd tried wasn't really working. So I took a step back and was able to realize that the problems that we were having weren't actually technical problems. They were problems that were life skill problems. So they were coming from trust. They were coming from confidence. They were coming from maybe a place of self-worth or that intrinsic belief that they could do something beyond what they were already doing. When I realized this, the trajectory was pretty steep for us. And I went, wow, there's something that I think I'd intrinsically or intuitively already knew, but was starting to find ways to put it together. Pair that then with a burnout that I suffered, um, which really knocked me for six. I couldn't do what I had done for, you know, almost probably seven years prior at the time, I realized that there was a one thing to lead others and generate this change. There was another thing to lead myself. And that wasn't just about self-efficacy, self-care, I should say, sorry. It was also about boundaries, um, assertively communicating, having the conversations you needed to have but didn't want to have. Uh, So that's where the two kind of combined. And I realized by helping to pass this information on to pharmacists and the interns that were coming through that the way in which they were able to show up and communicate with others and how they could positively influence themselves and the people around them was life-changing. So I thought, how could I find this job that I can get this information across multiple pharmacies? And it didn't really exist, but I stumbled across coaching and went, oh my goodness, helping people get out of their own way and tap into what they already know to be able to uh, move forward in their career. Um, that sounds really for me. And so everyone I asked said to me, that sounds exactly like you, that that is your calling. And so the journey began. And since then, I've been on a continuous quest to further upskill my, my coaching, my emotional intelligence qualifications. Um, and also general leadership skills uh, as well. That's amazing. And it's, it's so true, especially I can relate to being a young pharmacist. And just because generally when you're in your early 20s, either you're considered the pharmacy assistant or, you know, 
I will go speak to somebody more experienced, please. Um, so that in itself is kind of a, a bit of a driver for to motivate. I suppose it was for me anyway to say, hey, wait a second, I need to assert the fact that I am a pharmacist, I have the knowledge and I and I can, you know, be um, available and lead people as well. What did you find were some of the challenges you faced when you did start this journey, especially with the staff? I mean, pharmacists, in a sense, we've got a lot of knowledge and we go through uni and we, we you know, absorb so much information. But when it comes down to the whole EI side of it, the soft skills, the the, the leadership, mentorship, like we, we really do struggle, mm. I feel, with that aspect. So what were some of the challenges that, how did you feel, like what was the best, I don't know, um, tools or resources you used to be able to combat those? Mm. Well, I think back then I probably, I, I wasn't really aware of what emotional intelligence was when I was 21. Uh, but in hindsight, the thing that has held me in the best stead and I think has always been there along the way is self-awareness. So that is the awareness of how my emotions and how I show up and my attitude impact on other people. Being able to know my strengths and weaknesses and lean on them. Um, so if there is a strength, being able to be confident enough to stand in that power and that strength and say, no, I've got this. And when it's my weaknesses, not being afraid to say, hey, I need help uh, as well. So knowing myself, um, which is forever a constant journey and you think that you you might have it all sorted and then something else kind of pops out of the bag. You go, oh, I didn't realize that was there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that that is yeah. probably one of the the biggest things because when we can do that, that then allows us to then effectively know our values, know our worth, be able to set boundaries around that and control how we want to show up in society as opposed to continuing to feel like we are on the back foot reacting to whatever is in front of us. Yeah, absolutely. Now, very, very good points. So I want to talk a little bit about turn pharmacy leadership. Um, Mm. When you started this journey, I mean, as like we did with um, starting Locomate and Jobs in Pharmacy, is that you set down your company values. What are some of your company values that you stick to and, you know, it forms your decisions and the end of way forward and the vision of the of the company? Would you mind sharing those with uh, us? I would love to. Uh, when I saw this on <laughs> your list of questions that you sent me, I was really excited. Um, probably quite similar to when yeah. you started your pharmacy, uh, your, your businesses as well, sorry. Mm-hmm. The business is an extension of myself. And so we actually share the same values, which I can undeniably say are mastery and growth. Uh, The reason, Mm -hmm. and I think for me, they go hand in hand. Mastery is about being able to master a set of skills. And in my case, it's about life skills um, and these emotional intelligence skills to the level that we can use the information flexibly. Mastery for me provides freedom, freedom of choice, freedom of decision-making, freedom of flexibility. Um, That is what mastery does for me. And seeing mastery in others helps them unlock opportunities that they didn't realize that were available to them. Um, And that may just be simply, no, I'm not taking the Sunday shift or it could be as big as I need to move on and find a different a different role or a different workplace to work in. There's a whole different 
um, I guess, variety of, of levels that can show up on. Um, mastery for business is as well. I feel that we're only as good as our human capital in our businesses. And so if we can master providing an environment where we can have these pharmacy assistants and pharmacists and all of our other support staff as well grow um, and master life skills as well as technical skills, it gives us, again, that freedom and flexibility to step outside the box and maybe challenge the norm. Uh, growth is about, can I don't think we can have mastery without growth. And so growth is about being able to challenge myself to step outside the comfort zone, to be able to acknowledge that challenges are a growth opportunity a lot of the time, most of the time, uh, and being able to uh, help others with that as well. Uh, I have said many, many times, you grow people, you grow business. It all goes hand in hand. The things that underpin that for me, the virtues, I guess, or virtue-like, are the acronym of term pharmacy leadership. I believe if we are building trust, if we are upskilling, if we are reigniting, which means being able to get up when our backsides hit the floor, which they inevitably do daily, multiple times a day sometimes, and we're nurturing ourselves in our relationships, we can be masters in our lives and we can grow to whatever level we so choose. That's Brilliant, absolutely. And I, I always like thought turn was like I, I know it's a play on your surname yep. as well, <laughs> I'm assuming, but it's also amazing in the acronyms that it, that you thought of as well. So, you know, um, I think with any any business, any venture that you start, in especially in your case, you're imparting so much knowledge and giving so much advice and and helping people. What have you in turn learnt from your journey going through this process? Oh, I have learnt so much. Uh, I've pinned it down to two things, though. One is trust the process. Where you are is where you need to be, even though it doesn't feel like it when you're in the trenches. Uh, what you are learning <laughs> down there is going to propel you so far forward when you're ready for it. And the other one that has shown up time and time again is that you need to have the internal wins first before you can have the external ones. And what that means for me at least is that when I was first starting out, I was a new mum. While I was in a clinical role, I didn't have much connection with the outside world. And I had all those self-limiting beliefs and those worries that I'm pretty sure everyone uh, has at some stage in their life. The am I enough? Am I worthy? Um, is people going to take me seriously? Um, is what I have um, of value, all of those things. And so what I had to do was work really hard to reframe those and demug them, look them in the eye and work through what each of those meant and why they showed up as well. And then from that, I was able to, as each one kind of fell away, and don't get me wrong, they still show up on a daily basis, but as they started to fall away, the external wins came. So I gained more clients and I was able to um, create more connections as well. So I think we get so caught up in wanting to, what we want to put out into the world that we kind of neglect what's inside. And I think if we start internally, first and kind of work out what's going on there 
intrinsically, organically, it's going to change what you put out into the world and what comes back as well. Exactly. And I think it goes back to how you mentioned that whole self-awareness mm. aspect as well, right? So if we don't, if we cannot engage in that, I think a lot of this comes as a result of that. And that's exactly what you're telling me is like having that self-awareness allows you to constantly check in with yourself as well and go, hey, you know what? You've got to have these tough conversations with my own self before I can have it with everybody else. Exactly right. <laughs> so I love it. That's so good. Now, what do you think, if you can give me an example, has been probably your most successful client mentor story today? Is there anything that sticks out where you're like, oh my goodness, we went from here to here and it was just one of those moments you're like, I'll remember this forever. Yeah, I I have two. And one was okay. through the original version of the leadership coaching circle. And this particular pharmacist was all but on the brink of burnout. Uh, they were rocking up at six every morning, a couple of hours before the store opened. They wanted to take on, they felt they had no choice but to take on everything uh, and felt that they had to replicate what they had seen in managers before them. And in this particular instance, it really didn't align with who they were. And so through going through the leadership coaching circle is what it was called then this particular person over the space of two months realized again coming back to self-awareness the the drum I keep banging that the stories they were telling themselves were totally unhelpful and were actually contributing to where they were stuck and over the space of two months that self-awareness as well as some Simple concepts, uh, simple tools, but they do take, you know, a bit of guts to be able to implement. There's no doubt about that. But through the combination of this self-awareness and some tools over the space of two months, they quoted it as life-changing. They were able to start turning up 10 minutes before work like everyone else. They suddenly found that they had time in their day to do things that they never thought that they would be able to do. And they also found that their staff were more willing to help than what they were incapable of helping than what they had ever considered. The other one came out of an EI assessment. And I was a little bit anxious about doing this debrief because the feedback that this particular person had got um, was pretty confronting in some ways. Uh, and their emotions were getting the better of them. And when we came to the conversation, this person was already aware of this. They went, I'm totally unsurprised. And despite being able to identify that this was an issue and subscribing to the idea of personal development, they didn't know how to actually move forward. So in the space of an hour and a half conversation and being able to, again, look at just a few simple tools that are really underpinned by emotional intelligence, they realized that they were so much more in control of being able to deal with interrupting situations and not take things home and have time to be able to go enjoy what they like doing, um, that it was life-changing. And the thing that really stood out to me is that sometimes it is so obvious. But the thing is we need a coach or a mentor to be able to help us step outside and look at the, the issue from a different viewpoint that allows us to see it. And we, and I, I have a coach, um, to do exactly the same thing. So 
it's not about necessarily even those epiphany moments or like, you know, massive changes. It's those tiny things that make huge differences that really give me a lot of kicks as well. Oh, yeah. And I think uh, when you mentioned this, you know, having a coach and sometimes we think, no, I've got my husband I can talk to. I've got my, you know, friend I can talk to. But it's it's a totally different um, thing when it comes to having a coach versus having just somebody, you know, like a family member that you can go to, vent, talk about. Because what a coach will do is they're going to lay it out flat and simple and just tell you how it is and what needs to be done. Whereas a lot of the times with family members, what you end up doing is just, having a discussion and they're usually telling you what you want to hear, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas I feel like with some with a coach, they've got to be real with yeah. you and they're gonna give you things you may not want to hear, but in the end it's for a greater purpose. Yeah, absolutely. And the thing with coaching as well in the differentiation between mentorship, which some people don't realize, is coaching is about having someone who will 100% listen to you and be almost act like a mirror. So something that is quite Mm. neutral to be able to reflect back and kind of highlights the parts that you might not be seeing or that you're choosing to ignore as well as in the case of me sometimes, a lot of the time. And in doing so, it helps to really build your own intuition and find solutions that work for you. Mentors are are brilliant and I have mentors as well. There's no issues there. What mentors do that can be a little bit different to coaching is they're giving their opinion through their previous history, their previous experiences. And that may not necessarily sit with you. And if you find a good fit for a coach, a mentor, sorry, it, it may be completely in sync. Um, but sometimes that's not the case as well. So the combination of mentor and coach can be a really powerful duo to help tap into that internal insight and reflect back as that neutral mirror as opposed, and also, I should say, get that extra um view and perspective from someone who's been there and done that before fantastic i think everybody sorry needs to um invest in a coach sorry i wasn't clapping <laughs> the effort <laughs> the lights keep turning on in this place all right so i'm going to move forward a bit and just talk about you know the future of pharmacy and and the future pharmacist uh, in your eyes what do you think that the profile of the pharmacist of the future looks like, like in terms of, you know, one, there's a clinical skills, but we're talking about this, all these other things we've um, just been speaking about now. What are some things or some traits or skills that will be required moving into the future for our pharmacists? Yeah, it's a really good question. Uh, and it's something I've thought a lot about. I think the thing that really stands out for me is a particular emotional intelligence competency called emotional reasoning. Um, we see and we read time and time again in the AJP or any other, you know, journal article um, that's either within Australia or even across the world. And we see pharmacists that are getting themselves into to trouble through some sometimes some unethical practices which have stemmed from mental health or maybe choosing a wrong path as well now 
As pharmacists, we are taught to follow the guidelines, which is exactly what we need to do. There's no arguments about that. But what sometimes happens when we are taught to just follow these guidelines is that we lose our ability or we leave it at the door. What, what it is is our intuition. Um, we, we almost dismiss our gut in some ways and in these instances and when i'm thinking about these you know big kind of endpoints around you know deregistration and things like that um it always makes me wonder what what was dismissed was it that gnawing feeling of hey i'm starting to feel under the weather was it the the was it the that feeling of my boss is treading a funny line that I'm not a hundred percent confident with here. So what, what is dismissed on a more, I guess, everyday level, or when we're looking towards the future of pharmacy, we keep talking about scope of practice. Uh, we're talking about uh, prescribing rights. We're talking about integrating and embedding into aged care and general practice. Again, emotional reasoning is something that we're going to see more and more prevalent. So it's about being able to um, use both those, that intuition, that, that those feelings, tapping into emotions, as well as that technical data to create more expansive um, and in some ways creative as well um, solutions. Okay, and so that may be in relation to a clinical care, but it also is in relation to how we view ourselves or how we position ourselves in these new environments as well. The other thing I think we need to get better at is authenticity, and that's going to really grate with some people. Um, Authenticity in an emotional intelligence sense is not just about showing up as who you are. Uh, it's definitely a big part, but it's being able to express your feelings and your opinions in a way that is to the right person at the right time, to the right degree. And I think if we're really going to evolve as a profession, we need to get better at having authentic conversations so we can be heard and understood as opposed to maybe coming across temperamental um, and sounding like we're throwing the toys out of the cot. And I'm not saying that everyone is communicating like that. That is not the case. But I do think that we need to get better at having those conversations in a way that progresses um, our profession and the conversations um, as opposed to continually rehashing the old ground. I think you've hit the nail on the head. I think there is a lot of, um, so when I look at like say the US market with pharmacists, they're very vocal on platforms, right? And look back at our, at our own backyard in Australia, I feel like there are people coming up, like I, I love your stuff that you're putting out there. And there's quite a few pharmacists who are quite vocal on social media platforms and, and articles and whatnot. But again, it goes back to, I also see the other side of it where there are pharmacists who are very disengaged, very, very negative towards um, anything that's happening. And I'm like, the language speaks and creates an environment. And if we're trying to do and go towards this future of what our profession can look like, there is so easy to fall into that other way of thinking and the speech and, and whatnot. But 
what they don't realize is it actually can appeal and to a lot of masses right to to people and they can feel like hey maybe maybe i shouldn't be so excited or optimistic or you know um wanting to engage in my profession perhaps i should listen to the negativity over here it is telling me something um but not just that it also goes back to how you articulate yourself and the authenticity that comes from all of that as well so i absolutely agree um now i guess you know when we talk about future of pharmacists we go back to the root level of of universities one thing that we didn't learn and i I'm assuming you'd be the same to tell is 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 all this like we literally did not either have one subject or a course or anything about how to approach this area of us mm. and how we portray ourselves and you know as you said before young you get out of university you're so young and you're having to deal with this myriad of different personalities coming through your community pharmacy or hospital wherever it might be and you have no tools or skills to be able to to really do that unless you know it's it's just a personality mm. thing do you reckon there could be some sort of course or a, a topic that we could teach at least start off with in university and what do you think would be the basics just to get this to our students so that they could or even is there something you would recommend the students to do even outside of university to really start to get them on this path and so when they do register they're going to be ready to take on the people <laughs> yeah yeah look um uh, the answer is probably uh, an obvious one coming from me or the one that you'd expect is that <laughs> i'd teach you about emotional intelligence to back this yeah. up, though, there was actually an American study that did research on embedding um, emotional intelligence into pharmacy student studies in America. And they found that by teaching the emotional intelligence competencies, they were able to increase patient outcomes, improve patient outcomes. They were able to reduce burnout. Um, or, or words to that effect, and also improve both inter- and intra-professional communication as well. And if you look at what our biggest challenges are when we first come out of pharmacy, as you've already identified, is it's being able to deal with those people that come through the door. So what I think would underpin this particular course for me would again be that leadership of self. So the ability to communicate assertively, uh, the ability to be able to listen and actively listen, uh, because the amount of situations you can de-escalate or in a clinical sense find information and outcomes that you never would have experienced or identified if you were listening at the superficial level is phenomenal so listening which also again comes into a set of communication as well and then that ability again around communication to be able to articulate yourself because when we have these skills we are able to as i mentioned at the top set boundaries we are able to say no we are able to know our worth and in doing all of these things we show up as the confident 
um, you know, positive and resilient leader. And resilience is another word that is really touchy um, at this point in time. But resilience is, comes from self-management. It's not about being able to take on everything and do everything and be everything to everyone. We all have a crash point. That's not what resilience is about. It's about being able to have tools in the toolbox that can help to overcome those challenging situations. And that's what I think the, the course really needs to be about. So we're equipping our students or our new pharmacists with these life skills that they need to survive and thrive in life, <laughs> never mind just in our careers as well, because career is a huge part of life. You can't separate the two as far as I'm concerned. Yep, yep, very, very important. Um, so just as we come to the end of our session, Chantal, You've got so much going on at the moment and I'm sure you're going to be very busy, especially with what's happening in pharmacy mm. and all the you know, students coming through and all the new pharmacists, especially early career pharmacists, which could benefit from a lot of what you've said today. What's on the roadmap for you for the next two years? Is there any sort of exciting projects? Is there something else you're, you're doing that you might want to share with us today? Yeah. So I, within the next oh, maybe month, I'm going to be relaunching the, the Leaders Toolbox, which is going to be seven individual courses that can be purchased either collectively or in smaller snippets, which might relate more or be more um, aimed towards, say, the an intern or the, the new pharmacist or a locum pharmacist who may not necessarily be interested in how to lead others and, you know, improve engagement for argument's sake. So it's quite tailored. Um, that is something that I'm really proud of. On top of all of that, though, the long-term goal is just to get emotional intelligence and emotionally intelligent leadership skills and tools into as many hands as possible because I really feel the more hands that this information is in, the better place we are as a profession and the ripples that are going to go out through um, our workplaces and our communities is just going to be phenomenal. So that is, I'm sure, going to show up in a, in a myriad of ways, but I'm just looking to connect with anyone and everyone within the pharmacy industry who is willing to have this conversation because we need as many people on the team to, to beat this drum so we can keep people in our profession as well. I love that, the connectivity, the coming together. I think that's so important, especially for our profession right now yeah. and into the future. Now, I have to ask you, because you're such a busy, busy lady, what is your favourite self-care practice just to give yourself some me time? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there is a lot going on. You're 100% right. I always prioritise reading a few pages at least of a book before I pick up any tech in the morning. So you will find me on my couch with a book and a coffee. Um, that is probably the most simplest but the best self-care that I do for myself every day um, because it sets my day up right. If I dive straight into emails, I'm chasing a to-do list for the rest of the day. If I can start with the expansive thought, I am happier and more motivated and productive um, than if I don't. So simple, but I think so effective because the first thing I do, and this is the this is my battle constantly, right? Because you've got kids, I've got kids. It's just like you need that, even if it's 10, 15 minutes before you start your day, yeah. It's just a different feeling. And 
yes, tech, I think, is always going to be in our yeah. life. So if we can do something different to that, it will. It'll just give you a different mindset. I love it. It might be something that I might put into my morning practice as well. <laughs> Let me know how it goes. Now, I will, I will. I'll do it. I'll do a challenge for myself. For one week, I will do this and see how I go. Thank you so much for your time. Like, time has literally gotten away mm. from us, but that, everything you've said, I've hung on to every word, and you've just been amazing with wealth of knowledge. You've got so much more to give. And honestly, I, I just – Everybody, if you can, look up Chantelle Turner. I'm sure you're on LinkedIn. Um, amazing. And also Turn Pharmacy Leadership. There's a website as well that you can head over to. But honestly, thank you so much. This is going to be so beneficial. And I really invite especially a lot of students and, and early career pharmacists to and new managers and, and potential leaders to really look into this because I think it's something that we always put on the back burner uh, and think we'll get to it when something usually we get to the end point of, um, you know, either our energy levels or um, our mental health and then we look at it. But if we can start to invest in it early on, um, it's going to make a world of difference down the track it really is the key to thriving and the key to success Mm -hmm. in life and career without it we'll all reach that tipping point and with these skills we have the opportunity to be able to identify it before it's too late so start with this and then build your technical skills on this and the world's going to be your oyster i promise yeah fantastic thank you so much Chantel and um, I look forward to everyone hearing this podcast and thanks so much thank you thanks for joining us today on the Pharmacy View podcast and don't forget to like share and leave us a comment if you found this episode of value or have feedback podcast episodes are promoted through social media LinkedIn YouTube and major podcast mediums and each episode can be found on the Pharmacy View webpage with links to the guest contact and business details If you're a pharmacist or industry support supplier and would like to join us on an episode, send us a message through LinkedIn or complete the inquiry form on the Pharmacy View webpage. I'm your host, Kavita Nadan, pharmacist founder from Locomate, and thanks again for joining us today on the Pharmacy View podcast.